Chapter 2. Israel Sifted Among All the Nations I will sift the house of Israel among all nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve. Yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. Amos 9, verse 9. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. Isaiah 27, verse 6. The tearing down, rooting out, and plucking up of the house of Israel and the house of David are integral to our understanding of the holy bloodline of Christ, or the Holy Grail. Jeremiah 3, verse 11, which states that backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah, reveals the reason for Israel to be sifted, sprinkled, or scattered. The northern kingdom of Israel became apostate earlier than the southern kingdom of Judea. It reaped the consequences and was, for the time being, lost throughout the world. However, the bloodline was not utterly lost, as we shall see. Division of Israel and Judah And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. 1 Kings 11.28 At the death of Solomon, the royal successor was his son Rehoboam, who gathered all Israel to Shechem. There he heard grievances regarding the enormous tax for building the temple and royal palaces. The projects were now completed, and yet the tax continued. Only the tribe of Judah had any reprieve. The people were rebuffed, so they stoned the tax collector and incited a civil war. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the Ephrathite, meaning Ephraimite, was a servant of Solomon. God had told Solomon that he would give his kingdom to his servant, but not all. Ahijah, the prophet, caught the garment of Jeroboam, tearing it into twelve pieces, giving Jeroboam ten. Because of the wickedness of the house of David, the kingdom was divided in 925 BC into the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel, or Ephraim. When Rehoboam gathered an army, to go against Jeroboam, the word of the Lord came to him through Shemaniah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, he shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing is of me. Rehoboam's arrogance had led to rebellion and division between the two major tribes of Israel, Ephraim and Judah. This led directly to another major breach paradigm in God's kingdom on earth. Manasseh, Ephraim, and Ephraim, Manasseh. They together shall be against Judah. Now the birthright of Ephraim in the person of Jeroboam ruled the house of Israel, while the scepter of the house of Judah in the hands of Rehoboam ruled in Jerusalem. Jeroboam prospered for a while, building his capital at Shechem in Mount Ephraim. But he worried that if the people made pilgrimages to Jerusalem, they would soon return to the fold of Rehoboam. So he set up two calves of gold for the purpose of worship, one in Bethel and one in Dan. This was, of course, a great sin. The kingdom of Judah was then composed of three and two-thirds tribes, plus those scattered families out of all the rest of the tribes who would not forsake the worship of the God of Israel. These included Judah, Benjamin, the absorbed tribe of Simeon, and most of the Levites. Israel was, in contrast, composed of a little more than nine tribes. Ephraim, Dan, Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulun, Naphtali, Asher, and a third of the Levites. The Lord speaks of both commonwealths. For the children of Israel and the children of Judah have only done evil before me from their youth. 
In Hosea 5, 5, God says of his people, Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity. Judah also stumbles with them. Hosea 5, 7 says that they have begotten pagan children, or strange children, as the marginal reading suggests. Yet, even during their evil works, the Lord has not forgotten the two houses entirely. In fact, he promises a blessing to come when he states, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing, which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. The reunion of the division of these two divided tribes of the seed of Jacob was certainly the Lord's desire. However, this was not immediately possible, as he himself explains. For as a girdle cleaveth to the loins of a man, so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, saith the Lord, <clears throat> that they might be unto me for a people and for a name and for a praise and for a glory. But they would not hear. <clears throat> After a number of conspiring kings, King Omri built the city of Samaria, Shamron, which became a permanent capital of Israel. Israel nevertheless continued their wicked ways despite the Lord's desire to heal them. As contemporary scripture points out in Hosea 7.1 and in Hosea 6.4, O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as the early dew it goeth away. What did happen then? More than 200 years after the revolt of the tribes, Israel formed an alliance with Syria to march against Ahaz, king of Judah, who similarly formed an alliance with the king of Assyria to defeat Israel. Thus, for the first time in scripture, the word Jews issued <clears throat> in contradistinction to the enemies of the Israelites. The breaking of the brotherhood between Judah and Israel is exemplified in Zechariah chapter 11. I took unto me two staves, or sticks, the one I called beauty, Israel, and the other I called bands, Judah. And I took my staff, even beauty, and cut it asunder, that I might break my covenant, which I made with all of the people. And it was broken in that day, and so the poor of the flock, they that waited upon me, knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Israel and Judah. We shall later see why this shifting of the seed of Abraham was important to the world. Also, one can read of the reversal of this broken contract in Zechariah 11 and in Ezekiel 37. Ultimately, a sacred marriage contract with the two major houses of the Lord would reunite the bond and heal the wasteland between them. Eventually, we shall see that nothing less than a dynastic grail marriage between noble scions of the two tribes would suffice. Scattered Israel and Judah among the heathen. Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way before me is the uncleanness of a removed woman, and I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries. According to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. For I will, eventually, take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries, and I will bring you into your own land. That's from Ezekiel 36. The hostility between the two major tribes of Israel is well noted in Second Nephi chapter 19 where it is written before Christ. <clears throat> and Ephraim, Manasseh, they together shall be against Judah. Thus we 
shall later see that the Lord will remove Judah out of my sight as I have removed Israel. The northern kingdom of Israel was conquered by the Assyrians in 722 to 721 BC. Because of worshiping other gods, Judah was not immune to the same fate that won Israelites its condemnation. Jeremiah 7 warns the men of Judah, But go ye now unto my place, which is Shiloh, where I set my name at first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all of your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. The southern kingdom of Judah was first conquered by the Babylonians in 598 BC, and then again under King Nebuchadnezzar in 587 through 586 BC. This casting out came to pass during the Babylonian deportation in 598 through 582 BC. The exile or captivity lasted until 538 BC when the Jews were allowed to return. These conquests scattered Israel and the Jews broadly, as did the diaspora after AD 70. The dispersion of the house of Israel was done to save that house and to work as a leaven to benefit the whole world. Paul reaffirms this point when he said, Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Like the promise to Abraham, that through him and his posterity the whole world would be blessed, the scattering of Israel not only preserved that house from total corruption, but also blessed the entire planet. The Lord spoke through the prophet Amos in prophecy this dispersion. For lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among all nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve. Yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. There has been much dissemination of the people of God throughout history. This occurred first with the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, then with the scattering as a result of the Tower of Babel, and later with Joseph's bondage in Egypt. All nations have been beneficiaries of the chosen ones, where I have driven them. The where is important for our study, for apparently there are certain sanctuaries of refuge. The dispersions that most concern this study begin with the dispersion of the lost ten tribes at the time of the Assyrian Shalmaneser's deportation of Israel in 723 BC. At this time, the kingdom of Israel, or Ephraim, had sunken into apostasy apostasy due to its worship of the calves of Jeroboam. The Ephraimitic prophet Hosea declared the withdrawal of God's spirit when he stated, Ephraim shall be desolate in the day of rebuke. Judah received a similar warning when Jeremiah said, And I will cast you, Judah, out of my sight, as I have cast out all of your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Then, as it was foretold, came the Babylonian captivity of the kingdom of Judah, or Judea, about 586 BC. Jeremiah noted these two singular scattering. Israel is a scattered sheep. The lions have driven them away. First the king of Assyria hath devoured him, and last this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, hath broken his bones. Thus we see how they become a hiss and a byword, with their name for a curse, and they would cry for sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. Just how close did Ephraim come to losing all of the promises made unto her is seen in Hosea chapter 9. Ephraim is smitten. Their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. Yea, though they bring forth, yet will I slay even the beloved fruit of their womb. This is an ominous warning for Ephraim. Yet we will see that God will not forget them and will reaffirm his promise with them as his covenant people. 
The scattered remnants of Israel leavened the mill of the earth, and especially the earlier colonizers of the Isles of the Sea. The Lord does not forget them, however, as Second Nephi 10 states, but uses them for his purposes. For behold, the Lord God has led away from time to time from the house of Israel according to his will and pleasure. And now behold, the Lord remembereth all them who have been broken off, wherefore he remembereth us also. Though lost for a season, Ephraim will play an important role in the life of Jesus Christ and the reestablishment of the gospel in the latter days. It will happen as the house of Israel is refashioned in Ireland and in the British Isles, but far beyond the understanding of present-day British Israelite devotees. This makes dispersed Israel an essential part of the history of the Holy Grail.